Forex Fridays, only on Money FM 89.3. Well, we are at the start of the second quarter, but arguably there are still two factors that are shaping sentiments for markets and various asset classes. On one hand, the ongoing invasion of Ukraine by Russia that's really roiled energy and commodity markets and also cascading into other 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 parts of uh, of the market. And also the Federal Reserve looking more aggressive, actually, in uh, in, in their first uh, rate hike, which is supposed to be the first in a series of rate hikes when they made their decision last month. Well, how will this shape the outlook on Forex markets in the second quarter? Well, today on Forex Fridays, we are pleased to be joined by Mr. Kun Go, the head of Asia Research at ANZ, who will help us kick off the uh, the uh, the new quarter in 2022 and tell us what he's watching out for in terms of uh, out in the Forex space. Mr. Go, thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you're having a great Friday, sir. I am. Thank you very much, uh, JP. All right. So before we head into the weekend, sir, I do want to talk about the start of uh, April. And we are at the start of a second of the new quarter. But arguably, the two biggest factors we mentioned shaping forex sentiment is the Russia-Ukraine war and also the Federal Reserve that's looking more hawkish and more aggressive. Well, tell us um, from where you're sitting, sir, how difficult has it been to get a gauge of nerves and volatility in FX markets in recent weeks, given these two uh, dynamic, uh, these two um, factors that are that are evolving quite dynamically almost by the day yeah well um, it's uh, getting a lot better now but uh, suddenly volatility spiked up and there was a huge sense of uncertainty when uh, Russia invaded Ukraine on the 24th of February but it's getting clearer now that markets are getting less sensitive to uh, the uh, news flow coming up from uh, Ukraine I think markets are uh, more or less anticipating some sort of uh, a truce or peace deal or a de-escalation of things uh, and therefore um, it's becoming less of a source of you know volatility for markets uh, the fed on the other hand is uh, certainly front and center now and you're correct in um, you know what you said earlier in that market is now looking at the fed to uh, tighten a lot more aggressively than initially anticipated. Uh, the Fed officials themselves have been uh, talking up prospects of you know, bigger hikes. And I think the, the next policy meeting in May um, looks like they will you know, potentially hike by uh, 50 basis points uh, to further you know, try and bring inflation down. So that's certainly something that has been uh, moving markets a lot more. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I think you're not the only one of the markets that's beginning to expect a potential 50 basis point rate hike from the Fed. And I do want to stay with the hawkish Fed now, especially as it what it means for the U.S. dollar. And we've seen it bolster the dollar considerably last week after a series of hawkish comments from senior Fed officials over the last fortnight. This time, though, we've seen the U.S. dollar start to show signs of softening a little bit more. And we've also seen that overall the dollar index seems to be a little bit shy whenever it reaches that 99 level and starts to back off after that. Uh, what are the key things you're monitoring when it comes to the greenback in the second quarter? And what do you make of the U.S. dollar seeming to draw a line at that 99 level, sir? Yeah, yeah well, in terms of the dollar, it's actually getting you know, support from uh, the safe haven demand as um, the um, you know, more sort of intensified initially. Uh, but you're right, the dollar seems to be really struggling now. And I think part of the reason is that you know, markets have more or less fully priced in um, series of very aggressive tightening from the Fed. So because that's already priced in, it's been difficult for the dollar uh, to continue to push higher from that. Uh, in addition to that, you know, when we look at the DXY index, for example, uh, it's comprised half um, 
from, from the euro. Uh, and the euro has been the one that has been most sensitive to developments in the Ukraine conflict. And when there were you know, more positive noises coming up from uh, the Russian and Ukraine talks, you know, that provided a boost to the euro, which hence you know, made it difficult for the dollar to continue to, uh, to press higher. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the thing, though, with the hawkish Feds, and I just want to stick with this, Mr. Goh. Um, the concern now is that the Federal Reserve has a huge challenge in making sure that the U.S. economy does not end up uh, – d- d- has a bit of a soft landing from these rising inflationary pressures. And there are concerns. I'm sure you've also been monitoring the yield curve in the U.S., signs of a potential recession actually in the U.S. If, uh, if we do start to – if we do see the U.S. even enter a soft or mild recession, as some are hoping it might be, it might be um, could this actually – Actually, take some wind out of the sails of the U.S. dollar as well. I most certainly will. Uh, however, I think there are still no signs of, um, you know, a hard landing or uh, any con- uh, any clear signs that the U.S. economy might be going into a recession. Uh, the yield curve is definitely something that the markets are uh, focusing on. Uh, they are, I say, fixated on right mm-hmm. at this point in time. Um, but you know, a, a mild inversion of the yield curve is not necessarily a good signal of a pending of a impending recession. You actually need the yield curve to outright uh, invert and stay there for uh, a period of time um, to increase the um, probability of you know, a, a recessionary signal. So you know, a mild inversion of flirting with it, it, it by itself is not enough. We're going to get the U.S. payrolls number uh, later tonight. Uh, I think it's all by all indications the labor market in the U.S. remains very strong uh, and wages will probably be you know uh, quite high as well. So with the consumers uh, largely still doing reasonable be okay and plenty of jobs going around. It's very difficult to see how the U.S. economy could tap into recession in the absence of, you know, a major shock. Mm-hmm. We're still speaking to Kun Go, the head of Asia Research at ANZ here on Forex Fridays, and talk about other economies that are showing signs of slowing down before the U.S. Uh, began flashing signs of these recessionary, potential recessionary fears. There were concerns about a slowdown in the Chinese economy. Now, this could be also be a fairly challenging second quarter. I'm sure you also took note of those PMI data that, uh, figures that came out yesterday and today. And also those recent COVID-19 lockdowns already adding to these slowdown concerns. How big of a risk factor could this actually pose to the Chinese yuan that's looked rather sturdy since the start of the year, sir? Hmm. Well, there's no doubt that there's downside risk to uh, the Chinese growth figures for you know, this uh, current quarter from the rolling um, you know, lockdowns that have uh, occurred. Uh, I think the PMI numbers, as you pointed out, has you know, reflected you know, part of that challenge. Um, but, you know, the policymakers in China uh, remain committed to the 5.5% growth target that they've set themselves for this year. Uh, and recent comments from policymakers suggest that you know, they are prepared to uh, deploy all tools in order to provide support uh, to the economy. So while there's not much you can do to offset the near-term uh, weakness when you have you know, sort of localized lockdowns, but once those lockdowns end, uh, I'm hoping that policy support uh, will become more aggressive and that will help to, you know, uh, push up uh, growth later on. But, you know, clearly there's downside risks. But uh, at this stage, uh, I think overall growth for uh, China, I think 
will remain reasonable reasonable for for this year as a whole in terms of the impact on the yuan uh, to be honest there actually hasn't been too much of an impact at this stage mm-hmm. uh, mainly because you know as long as the uh, key manufacturing hubs and you know, china's exports uh, remain strong uh, and that is going to be you know the key deciding factor for keeping the the yuan stable at this stage all right i'd like to get your thoughts now mr go and uh, i'd like to take stock of the japanese yen this has been arguably one of the most fascinating currencies in the majors to look at over the last two, three weeks. The staggering weakness hitting what's regarded as an FX safe haven of choice. I can't remember the last time we saw the yen actually fall up uh, to about 120 against the U.S. dollar. Now, it seems to have found its footing in recent days. But what do you what what do you think really led to the yen's recent fumble? And just how what what is the bottom actually for the Japanese yen if it continues to if it goes back to losing ways? Hmm. Well, the key driver has been um, you know, the rise in, uh, in U.S. Uh, 10-year bond yields on the back of um, uh, expectations that the Fed was going to hike more aggressively and the Bank of Japan committing to cap uh, the 10-year JGB yields at 0.25%. So as a result of that, uh, the yield differentials continued to widen massively in favor of uh, the U.S. Uh, and hence that the key uh, catalyst for the, the weakness that we've seen in the, the Japanese yen. Um, and if you look at, you know, if you track the yen against uh, the movement in the bond differential, they pretty much you know, mirrored each other. Uh, the question then is, you know, of course, as the yen, you know, fully run its course in terms of the weakness, 125 is a, a very, very key level. And the last time it hit there was actually back in 2015. Uh, I, I think we're seeing a little bit of a respite. Uh, further weakness, um, in the yen from here on in is largely going to be dependent on where U.S. 10-year bond yields go. If 10-year U.S. bond yields continue to push higher, say towards 3%, and BOJ remains committed to keeping the 10-year JGB yield at 0.25%, that further blowout in the U.S. differential definitely will be the key catalyst to uh, drive yen beyond uh, 125. And just uh, very quickly to wrap things up, Mr. Go, I'd love to get your outlook in the second quarter for the Australian dollar. As we know, this is a commodity currency that's benefited from a recent surge in those commodity and energy prices. What are things to watch out for in the second quarter, especially a week before the RBA makes its next decision? Hmm. Well, there's a couple of things. Uh, one is the uh, upcoming um, federal election, uh, which is mm-hmm. yet to be called, but has to be held by uh, late May. Uh, and then beyond that, I think it's very much the focus on uh, the RBA. The Australian economy is doing well. Uh, the labor market is very strong and inflation pressures are definitely picking up just like it has everywhere else in the world. Uh, yet the RBA um, has not really wanted to you know, send a strong signal that they are uh, prepared to hike, but the market's already you know, starting to push and test the RBA on that. If we start to see uh, the RBA sort of cave in uh, and signal that you know, rate hikes could be coming, I think that would definitely be uh, the green light to uh, push the uh, Aussie a whole, lot, uh, a whole lot stronger from here. Mm. Kun Go, Head of Asia Research at ANZ, thank you so much for taking some time out of your schedule to join us today on Forex Friday. Sir, as always, wish you and your loved ones Continue health and safety during these times. You look forward next time you can join us the show. Meanwhile, I hope you have a great weekend ahead, sir. Do stay safe. Thank you very much, AP. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.